Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. Hey guys, I'm here today with Anna from Anna Cole Interiors, and I'm very excited to talk to her about a really cool story she shared. Sorry, she shared in one of our Facebook groups. So, hi Anna, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So, first of all, why don't you just start? I would love it if you could tell me and also the listeners kind of your backstory. So, I did see, I did read a little bit on your website. It sounds like you graduated from Fanshawe, by the way. I also went to Fanshawe. Nice. No way. I did graphic design, though. So, oh, cool. Uh, what year? Uh, I mean, I don't even know. I'm really bad at years, but it would have been like 20 years ago. No, that's a lie. Oh, okay. oh wait, is that math that makes sense? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So Yeah, it, uh, I mean, at this point it would. Yeah. Yeah. I so, um, I don't remember when I graduated. So, um, anyway, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your backstory and what brought you into interior design? Okay. Well, uh, similar to your experience, I started off in graphic design as well. So after college, yeah, like, after I college, know this. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, Did no. Did we talk about this before? Not, no, okay. not at all. No. So that's when you said that I was like, oh no. So what happened was in high school, um, I always, I was inclined with arts and, and anything to do with graphics and anything to do with drawing, sketching. So I always thought graphic design makes sense, you know, like going to go out there, try to, you know, do that. So I went into the program. I did not, I liked it, but I was not good at it at all. Like I just couldn't keep up with all the software and all the HTML stuff. Ugh. I didn't really know anything about interior design at that time. It wasn't like, it, this was like 15 years ago, maybe even more when interior design wasn't even anything anybody talked about. It just wasn't a thing. So I took graphic design for about a semester. I was not good at it. I mean, I was good at it uh, artistically, but I wasn't really into the whole the, the technical aspect of it. So after a semester of struggling along and trying to like, you know, make grades happen for myself, I just uh, decided that it wasn't working out. So I dropped out. Um, so I was totally lost, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I had no, I had no idea what I was going to do at that point. And I remember coming home one night and I would sit with my mom at home and I, we would always watch uh, like TLC and we would always watch all those home makeover shows. Yeah. And Every night we'd be like watching the whole lineup. And I remember just thinking one night, like it just kind of dawned on me, I should do interior design. Like it just was like that, but it, it was never anything that I always dreamed to be. It just didn't make sense to me to, to do that. But when I kind of look back on my life, I was always redesigning my mom's and my dad's house. Like I was always like moving things around. Everything was always kind of like I did it. So to me to not even kind of, put two and two together that that's what my calling was, was kind of really beyond me now when I think back. Um, so anyways, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll check out interior design. So I went on to Fanshawe and I was looking when the next course was going to start and it was going to be starting the following year. So I went to all the information sessions and I really liked the idea of it. And I liked how technical the interior design part was maybe more so than the uh, interior decorating. And I just was like, you know what, one day if I maybe want to pursue architecture, I feel like interior design is going to kind of maybe get me there or somewhat. So uh, that being said, I love decorating and I seem to be doing more of that than the design, but it's nice to kind of have a whole background in it. Um, so that's kind of how I, uh, how I came about. So um, 
I think it was a three or four year program. I can't even remember. It's been so long at this point. And I found myself working for an architect for about 10 years. Um, and that kind of led me slowly into really wanting to do more of the, the, the uh, design aspect of it rather than just so much um, technical stuff, you know? Yeah. So, Cause we were doing a lot of technical stuff, but I always was, it was always lacking all that fun, creative outlet that I needed. So slowly I just kind of started working on on a coal interiors and then it kind of became what it is now which is growing and up and coming but it's kind of been exciting two years uh, nonetheless how many two two years two years yeah well okay. just a little bit over two years mm -hmm. all right that's what makes sense to me now first of all that's awesome uh I think it's so funny like your story is very similar to mine except you realized it earlier I don't know if it was a little bit of this like I just didn't like the idea of interior design is a is a thing in general. Just I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. So like I did the same thing growing up. Like I remember I didn't do it to my house. My parents would never go for that. But I just <laughs> rearranged my room all the time. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And anyway, I just like I just did. I just didn't even know it was yeah. a thing. And I just wish you know. God, I wish so many things. But at the same time, I'm happy about like the journey because you know, maybe I would have done it and hated it already by now. And, you know, it would be a really different story we'd be in right. today. Right. Okay. So the fact that you've started your business two years ago now makes sense. Cause I thought, I, I thought maybe that must be the story. Cause I felt like you were a bit new in your business and yes. all of that good stuff. Okay. Um, before, okay. So we're going to get into your story that kind of, kind of triggered me to reach out to you. Uh, before we get into that, I'm going to do a couple rapid fire questions for you. Are you down? Yes. Okay. So just real quick, whatever comes to mind first. Um, what, who is, okay, I'm very curious. So guys, um, did we already say that you're in London, Ontario? Did we say that? I don't think so, but yes, I am in London, Ontario. Well, yeah. and that to me is important because I like when I get to talk to fellow Canadians because yeah. then I get to pick their brains about things like trade vendors. So who is your favorite <laughs> trade vendor? Favorite trade vendor has to be Nuevo Living. Okay, I need to talk to you about that. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, I just came across, first of all, I thought it was Nuvo. So Nuevo. Oh, it must be Nuvo. I think it I'm might not be. I'm like, <laughs> your way sounds way better. But um, how did this happen? Oh, uh, I, so every month I meet with a couple, like three other designers locally. Mm -hmm. I thought you should totally do that in, in London. But we just, we just talk about whatever. And when I was, uh, the last time we met, one of the ladies told me about Nuevo and I looked it up and it was amazing. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. The only issue was, um, okay, so you, are, I had to go through, like they don't open direct accounts with designers. Do you have a direct account with them or did you have to go through like somebody's separate? Uh, I, I believe I have a direct account with them. Um, and this was, um, I, I, tried to establish an account with them two years ago and they kind of set my account on hold for a while because I didn't have enough of an opening minimum. And so it took me, I think, um, I, I didn't use them for quite a long time. And then all of a sudden I had this huge project and then I, they opened my account. So I think there's a minimum that they have to have you order with them in order to open an account. So I'm not sure. There, yeah, they do even like the, okay. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that, but Okay, cool. And then you've been really happy with the service with them and, you know, things arriving undamaged. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's been great. They have a really good, um, of course, there's fright, uh, just like anywhere else. I think it's about 20% unless you have like a really large order. Um, but no, I've been really happy with them. My my sales rep is really awesome. They send me samples all the time. I do I do, sh I do use them quite a f quite frequently. And I have to credit that to Crispin Butterfield, who, who kind of told me about them. So I wouldn't have even known about them unless she kind of gave me that 411 on that. Uh, but no, they're super awesome. I really, really uh, highly recommend them. And, uh, and they're yeah. Canadian. And they're Canadian. Montreal, people. right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Either that or BC. I, I can never tell between the two coasts oh, kind of thing. But it, yeah, it could be very well Quebec. Yeah, so I love it. And I want to say you also use Sunpan. I do use Sunpan a lot. I, I was talking to you and I'm seeing what's going on there. So I feel like the project you recently, we're going to talk about today, you use a lot of Sunpan, I feel like. I think it, there was quite a bit of some of our key pieces. I would say, um, I think we used about... 10 to 15 items from them uh which was quite a lot I mean, yeah okay so i'm well i don't i don't even care i'm just gonna do this who um outside of nuevo nuvo sorry nuvo nuevo we don't know how to pronounce your <laughs> company don't. name um and and uh sunpan what are your other favorite trade vendors do you have a favorite go-to for lighting Ooh, lighting uh, that's a good one i would love to say yes uh but i'm kind of in between i i think i use renwell for for quite a bit of lighting like their yeah. table lamps and floor lamps are really good i also like Lightmaker. um i've used them quite a bit and they're in toronto um i discovered them when i was at ids and they had a beautiful booth and they had super like mid-century modern kind of thing and it was really simplistic and kind of i love the brass and the different tones you can choose so i use them quite a bit and i highly recommend them as well they have wonderful customer service um and they're like a small small shop in toronto but they mm -hmm. are all uh, made to order basically got it all right well i'm gonna maybe circle back to more pick your brain more on that okay um, so you've been two months or two years into your business. What do you struggle most with, would you say? Uh, not having enough of me to do everything that I need to do. So basically, there's not enough time to do all the things that a new business needs to do because I'm doing most of it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and that is my biggest struggle right now, I find. Do you outsource anything at all or? Um, no, not a lot. I, I just started having somebody do my accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't other than that, that no see i i but it's it's kind of light now that i'm fully hands-on with my business I, I was working full-time and then doing this full-time so now that i'm officially doing just my business full-time i'm i think i have a little more time to do my accounting but everything else i'm pretty much doing on my own I, aside from rendering i do have somebody that does some rendering for me um but that's just like you know running my 3d files and you know making them look realistic so Got that's it. Mm -hmm. um uh what was i going to say i lost it okay we're moving on then um no worries <laughs> uh who's your who's your design crush my de oh my design crush oh okay so my biggest design crush would have to be consort home and they're in los angeles i just am obsessed with them um and there was another one that i discovered recently but i unfortunately can't remember the name i have i would have to go to my instagram account uh to find them and they're just take my breath away every time I see their, uh, their pictures, but it consort is definitely up there. And I, and I definitely take inspiration quite a bit from, uh, some of their laid back and casual approach to things. Cause I know I like to, sometimes I like over style. So I can always, when I'm doing that, I just think of, I think of their simplistic, beautiful pictures and I'm like, okay, I think I feel like I need to scale back. <laughs> a yeah. Little bit. So yeah, they are for sure. Okay. I, I, re I remembered what question I was going to ask you. How many clients, do you juggle at once? 
Uh, right now I'm a busiest. I think it's been about eight clients that I've been juggling at once. Um, how the heck do you do that? Uh, you know what? I don't even know sometimes, uh, quite honestly, like, and that's a, <laughs> like, sometimes I just do it cause there's no time to think about it. I think cause I'm so busy that there really isn't any time to reflect. So I just do what I have to do. And then I push that out and then I get on to the next one. And then I circle back to the ones that I've finished because there's always something right as you as I'm sure you know mm -hmm. um, and then when I leave like I just did for vacation I think to myself I have no idea how I did it but that was insane and I used to work full-time and juggle almost as many clients and and I would just not sleep very much uh at all you have kids <laughs> uh, no I don't have kids and I okay. think that's what it helps me be able to do the what I'm doing and also have been able to have a full-time job that I was doing and do this but still, I don't care if you don't have kids. It's still a lot. Okay, then I have to ask you this. Uh, all right. How long does a project normally last for you? So out of curiosity, if you've got eight clients right now, like what, how many rooms are there for, are they for each on average? And like, um, how long does a project generally take? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. Um, it really ranges. I have clients that have me do one room. I have clients that we, like we did a kitchen for one, just the kitchen. And then the other one was uh, like two rooms. This one that we just completed, the one that we're really going to focus on today, that was an entire home, which yeah. was 4,300 square feet. Um, so I feel like there's no real pattern to them. Um, it's typically, um, I would say two to two to three rooms maybe would be an average. Um, yeah. 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 Okay, and so when you sign a client signs on, I'm going totally. Oh yeah. Forget, forget rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, when a client signs on for you, how long do you normally say? Okay, do you have like a trade day type thing? Yes, yes, I do. How, so how long do you normally say from trade day to presentation it'll be? Uh, I like to tell them six to eight weeks. Okay. Uh, but I am one of those weird people and, and this is a problem that I have personally that I have to work through being new in the business. Um, I like to kind of sh like sh tell them less time. Like I, like I'm just starting to say six to eight weeks really like as of this year kind of thing. But before I used to just say four weeks, sometimes even like, Oh, I'll get it to you by like, you know, two weeks from now and just push it out because I was so new and eager and wanted to please and want people to really like be happy with me. Um, that I didn't really have a standard, but now it's definitely like a six to eight weeks, which every project really deserves. Um, mm -hmm. and I feel anything like just like Kimberly Selden, cause that, that's the method that I use. Um, I remember she would say that in the books and I would think that's a long time, but when you're doing it, you're realizing you do need that much time to, to get a design going. And do you do that? And, and most of your projects are decorating only you were saying, I find that a lot of my projects are decorating only, and I'm not sure. Uh, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I know I can do like, you know, I, we can do structural too. Like I have two projects that are, totally structural as well in, in regards to, um, you know, where you're going back to the studs and redoing everything. So I have two projects that are like that, but it seems like mostly I'm doing decorating, which I'm very happy with. I, I love decorating. I, I think that's just kind of super fun for me. Um, and it's also, I find that it's, it's more straightforward, right? Because there's, there's typically, you know, the most, most hangups you'll get is there's sofas damaged, uh, or something like that. Yeah. Whereas with construction, you're running into so many other things that you're, you know, you're having setbacks that are different. So, but yeah, I would say decorating seems to be mostly what I'm, what I'm doing, um, at this point in the game. Yeah. And, uh, you, so even if it's like a one room living room, you would still say six to eight weeks, you think? 
Um, I like to say, I like to say that to them, but then I typically follow up with, um, it'll likely be less time because the project is smaller. Um, but because I've had a queue pretty much up until uh, right now where things are kind of, I'm catching up to things. Um, I've, I did keep saying six to eight weeks only because I felt like that's kind of how long it would take for me to even get to them at some point. Like I was like, okay, if I have three weeks to finish this guy or this lady, then I can get into this particular project, you know, and still kind of have that six to eight weeks buffer. That oh, works. Shoot, smarty pants. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of keep doing that so that I can kind of buy time. <laughs> if you will. I never thought of it that way. I mean, I was so, okay. 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 So when you have, do you have like a calendar that you like juggle uh, the things? Like how do you schedule eight projects into your, that's, that's kind of like where I struggle is, yeah. you know, also juggling a consultation appointment. Then I have my trade date. Do you have set days for your home visits or mm -hmm. like some weeks I find I'm just like not even at my desk all week because I'm out running errands or you know shopping for a client or going to look at a showroom or whatever so how do you structure your your calendar to to be organized or do you just are you just like winging it um, you know, that's a good question. Uh, and I feel like, like you, I also have the same feelings. Like sometimes I, like even yesterday I was at a consult for a couple of hours and I knew kind of even getting ready in the morning that I was like, okay, I now have half a day to do all the other things that I need to do. And then I have to roll some of those things into my, my today, um, which was not ideal for me because I, I, I tend to get stressed out when I don't get things done in my, on my list. Cause I do go by to-do list quite a lot. Like, so I have a calendar and I have a journal that I kind of write everything into for my week. Um, and then I, you know, I'll, I'll pencil things in as I go, but I would say most of the things that I, that I'm working on are not really kind of not as organized as I would like them to be only because I think I've been so busy up until this point, um, mm -hmm. that I wish I could say I have this amazing board that I have everything written down, but it's mostly right now in my head. <laughs> Like it's in my head and some days I'm like, oh, right, I need to go and circle back to X, Y, Z. So I'm also kind of, I think like, like a lot of people in some of the design groups that you and I both belong to, I'm also looking for that perfect or semi-perfect platform that can maybe organize my life a bit better. So I'm looking out for, for things like that. And if you have any you'd like to share, I'm all ears. Uh, you know what, as far as uh, like, this is, I'm like super process driven and I'm very about external like software that helps with that but um i talked about this in my group a little bit so i'm trying to automate as much as i can so um things like you know when a every client goes through a specific life cycle right so like if you follow kimberly seldon's then you know it's like a phase one phase two phase three and there's fairly standard touch points uh emails that are recurrable for any client no matter who they are then you have the additional uh, communication that you would just have because it's specific. But right. what I'm trying to do is automate any like recurrable type communications that no matter what client you are, you're going to get an email telling you X, Y, Z about the consultation. I don't need to manually send that. So Dub Sato is what I'm working on right now. And I, that's actually what I was working on before is like, I'm making like my flow. It's very like whatever, but it's my flow chart of like mm -hmm. what touch points they need. So I can just automate it and remove crap that I shouldn't have to do but you know what like I haven't cracked the code so that's why I asked the question <laughs> <laughs> I think we all probably have the same questions right for me it's like really I have not figured I it's like now I'm like oversensitive to taking on too many clients because I want to make sure I deliver and I'm giving myself enough time so it's like I've I've like pushed myself the other way where now I'm like scared to take on too much because I've done the take on too much 
and I'm really trying to figure out a strategic way that I can easily slot in clients into my calendar. But what I love about what you have just told me is six to eight weeks means that they think things are happening. They don't feel like a, they, that first starting point happens earlier, even if I'm technically only need four weeks for myself. That's right. genius. And that's a, an amazing little nugget that I'm <laughs> hey, excited I'm glad, about. <laughs> I'm glad to share it. And, and I, yeah. and I just thought it was something to, that I kind of would do to buy myself time. And I, and even before I start the project, for example, like, like you just said, like, even if I haven't started that project, I still send them weekly updates, letting them know, because I, you know, I, even though we're maybe not physically doing something, you're still thinking about something. And I, I will say something like even as, as light as, Oh, I'm just putting together some ideas I have for you. I'm really excited to blah, 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 blah. And then I just kind of keep the ball rolling by sending them weekly updates. And my number one thing that I, that I live by is I never like, and I've never had this happen yet. Thankfully, um, is I never want clients to ask me where the project is at. So I'm in the forefront of that. And, uh, and I feel like that serves me well with, with even like, you know, them waiting so long is because they're always feeling like at least they know, uh, and feel like their project is being worked on. Yeah. And so how do you do that? Do you just have like in your calendar every Monday or every Friday, you carve out like an hour to bang out an email to every client kind of thing? Yes, exactly. Mondays. Every Monday I'll wake up and that's my typical 9 to 10 a.m. kind of time slot. And I know every Monday I'm literally every single client that I have on my roster at that time, which is, can be anywhere from like two to, to whatever, eight, like I said, um, everybody gets an email that day because I'm like, I, I don't really like to you know, dragging them all out over the course of the week. So Monday morning is when I do all that. Okay. Love that too. Cause I technically have in my email recurring every week, client emails. <laughs> I do it on Thursday and I find that it gets bumped. I'm like, get busy and it gets bumped. So what I'm going to do now is I am going to go slot that into my Monday 6am time slot where I do an hour at 6am and I'll just, um, schedule them to be emailed out at like nine ten, mm-hmm. um, and just get it all done. Then I know that every client's, I love it. Okay. See two great nuggets. Perfect. Okay. I'm glad that I can <laughs> Sometimes it's the simplest things that's like, bing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, no. it's amazing. and you know what it is, uh, for me, because I was so crunched on time because I was working full time when I started my company and like, I was literally working full time. So I had to be as productive with my little time that I had uh, so that just kind of became one of the things that I would do. I was like, okay, Monday morning. And like you, I would, I would even like set things up before I would go to my day job, um, and have everything pre-written and then just like you said, time them so that they're sent off at 9am. And then I would be like, okay, good. I feel like kind of good today because now I have, I already feel productive and it's 10am. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And okay. So would it be safe to say that the project we're going to talk about today was the biggest project you've done to date? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Why don't we just segue right on into that then? Can you share with everybody what you shared in the group, which is just like got me to my core because it's like so up my alley with my like mindset that I loved it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. And I feel like it resonated with a lot of people in that group, which is why I wanted to share it. Um, And actually, because I'm not a really a sharer, like I'm, I find myself, I'm a pretty private person and I really need to work on that. Like I do as a, as a business person, I really need to work on the fact that I am kind of like a shy person. Um, My my sister-in-law, who's also my mentor, Crispin, uh, she said, you should share that, you know, cause I told her about it. And she's like, you she, she's like, you should so share that. So I, I went, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to go in our group and I'm going to write it out. Um, so basically what it was, it was, um, 
I had met with uh, with somebody in London and she's a wonderful lady. She uh, runs the lottery corporation. Um, and basically what they do is uh, she, she organizes all the dream homes in our area and she kind of, um, she'll go out there and I don't exactly, I'm not sure what the process is entirely, but basically she's kind of the person who, who organizes everything. And, and she's a very wonderful woman. Um, her name is Rita. So I, um, I reached out to, to, her not directly just kind of just to say hey I'm a new designer in London I would um love to you know be considered for a future project if ever there was a need for a designer you know to be working on a dream home and uh and she was gracious enough to kind of uh set up a meeting with me and we chatted and you know she told me about the, the process and how they kind of do things and and then she sent me some videos of their uh, promotional brochures that they send out before the lottery goes out and, and people buy their tickets just so they can kind of have an idea of um of the dream homes that are out there so they can you know go out there and uh, and support the, the great cause that it is so i got these videos and one of them was a, a home that they were all beautiful, but this particular home, it was really modern. It was, um, it just had clean lines and it really resonated with me. And I remember seeing it and I just thought, wow, like this is amazing. I mean, the home was so gorgeous and it was by Millstone Homes, um, who are a really leading edge in London with, in, in regards to their, um, their style. Um, so it was just beautiful finishes and, um, the design was really, really wonderful. I just thought the two designers that worked on the home and styled it did such a phenomenal job. I was just really, I was just like, wow, like this is really good. Um, and as somebody who's new, like I am, um, seeing that was really inspiring but at the same time it made me feel like i wasn't quite there you know i was like i really want to work on projects like this but i'm not you know like i'm working on great projects and don't get me wrong i'm i i love the projects that i work with but i always was like i would love to have an opportunity to work on a house like this and um and you know and then you kind of go through those like little feelings that we all do i think when you start to kind of compare yourself to others and then you're like oh I'm not really there um I was getting those those feelings that I, that none of us likes to have or maybe likes to admit and uh and I thought to myself you know what I could feel kind of bad about myself today because I don't feel like I'm doing what I you know what what I would love to be doing um but I'm not gonna feel like that after I mean I did feel like that for maybe like a day and I was like oh you know I don't know if I should be doing this is this this the right thing for me I don't know I'm not really getting all these huge projects um, and then I just was like, the next day I woke up and I was like, no, you're not going to feel like this. You're not going to, you know, be, you know, bumming yourself out. Nobody needs, <laughs> nobody needs that. And my husband, he's wonderful too. He's like, don't worry. You know, he's like, you're going to, your great projects are going to come. And, and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to start bettering myself. All the projects that I'm doing right now, I just want to be that much better for them. So I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to have a good attitude about it. Um, just start, you know, getting, get inspired and not be, not have that feeling where you're feeling insufficient and, and, you know, not good enough. So, um, a few days went on and I just would keep thinking about this house. Like every day I would wake up and something about this house, I would just think of it every day. And, and if I, and it wasn't something that I was trying to do, it would just kind of pop up into my head. And I was like, I just really want to work on a house like this. So I think for like months, <laughs> I just kind of kept thinking about this house and this particular project. Um, and then um, of course I was busy. I was doing other things and I was working and everything for, for this, for the architect that I was working for. Um, and uh, one day I just uh, happened to open my, my email because um, I have a Google ad running. So somebody emailed me and they were, um, they were just saying, oh, um, 
I bought a 4,300 square foot house um, and I need everything top to bottom, um, you know, from pictures to drapery, furniture. Do you do that? And I thought to myself, <laughs> my God, this is a joke. So I wrote, yeah, you know, scam. <laughs> scam alert. I thought I was like, okay, this is a scam. And you know, but it had an official, like the person who sent it to me, uh, it was through my like online form. So I couldn't really verify it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to respond and whatever. Um, so I responded, of course, yes, we can help you with that. My standard intro email, just like you said, you have one, you know, you send it to everybody. Um, and then they responded, uh, oh, okay, great. You know, and then of course I'm saying like, you know, we should meet, um, blah, blah, blah. And then they said, okay, that's wonderful. Can we meet this date? And I said, okay, let's meet this date. But then, you know, the signature on this person's email was official. And I even checked it out. I Googled it. I was kind of creepy. Yeah, creepy. I was like, okay, you know, this is like a real person. Okay. So I feel better I'm about it. Get murdered. That's right. I'm like, I don't need to bring backup with me or anything. So anyway, so, um, this, this meeting was uh, set up for three weeks ahead. So, you know, for three weeks, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then, um, me having so many things to do, I forgot to uh, inquire about the address. So, you know, the couple of days before the meeting, I said, Hey, um, just wanted to follow up. Um, are we still on for this meeting? And plus they prepaid for the consult. So it was kind of set in stone. Um, and they said, yeah, no, that's great. And then I said, can I please have your address? And they said, Oh yeah, it's this address. Um, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, wonderful. So I looked, <laughs> I looked it up, uh, just before I went there and it was kind of, it looks like a bit like that house I was thinking about. Um, but I wasn't hundred percent sure. So like I you thought that immediately you thought, well, that looks kind of like the house. Like yeah, did, did you in your head go like, Oh, it just looks similar, but you didn't think, is this the house? Like what did no, you think? I just thought this looks similar. Cause I was like, you know, there's other homes, you know, that have the same facade. So I'm pretty sure that this is maybe some, maybe by the same builder. I wasn't hundred percent sure. So I, sh I show up for, um, <laughs> for a consult and I'm circling around trying to find this house. And there's like a big sign that said millstone homes in front of it. And I was like, wait a minute, this is the house. Like, this is the house that I have been thinking about ad nauseum, like for months. And, and there was furniture being brought out by movers and it was literally the same exact furniture that I was drooling over few months prior when I saw, uh, you know, the, the videos that was sent to me by the dream home, uh, you know, lady who had the designers, you know, and everybody that was featured in that. And I was literally walking into this house and it was just amazing. And I couldn't believe my eyes that I was, you know, had the potential to possibly be working on this home. Um, and then I got really like, it just, it was just weird. I, it, the feeling was, I didn't even know what to think for a minute because I couldn't believe that I was standing in the exact same house that I had been thinking about for months, just how inspired I was by it. And, uh, and that was kind of how that came to be. Um, oh I sent God. off a proposal. That's right. I talked to the client there. He was so wonderful. He was, you know, he reiterated what his needs were and he's like, you know, I want this and this, um, you know, like that, can we do that? And he's like, you know, we want cutlery. We need, we need uh, everything. Like I would literally need everything. And I was so like, did he win the house? No, no, he did not win the house. Okay. Uh, so what ended up happening, uh, I, I believe whoever won the house took the cash payout. Okay. Um, so the home went back on the market and then the person who, uh, my client, uh, he ended up buying it. Uh, and the option was to buy it with all the furniture, with all the beautiful furniture, the way it was styled, because that was something that you could do. And he opted not to buy this furniture and have it styled. He wanted thank to Thank God for you. And, and I, and I said, thank goodness for, for that, because, um, you know, I would have never even been a part of that 
journey. And, and, and then I, here I was, I was working on this home. So it was incredible. It was just okay. I need to take you back to the feelings that you must have had. First of all, like, did you cry? I feel like I would have cried. Like, were you, did you tell him the story? No, you know what? I did it because I wanted to like, I didn't play tell cool. him the story. You wanted to play it cool. I wanted to play cool. I wanted to be like, you know, hey, this is, this is, I do this every day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like, wish for this for three months before yeah. you tell me. Oh my god! I feel like I would not have played it cool. I would have cried and then I would have been like verbal diarrhea because that's just who I am. But that's amazing. Okay, so. You must have been terrified though. So a dude, like, where, is he married? Is he a bachelor? Was he like the only person? What was the deal? Yes, a bachelor. Yes. And okay. I, so here's where I, this is kind of what I want to talk about with regards to this. Cause this must have been terrifying to handle as a project, a full house when you've been dealing with like, you know, like from not even knowing how much to charge to like knowing like what the reasonable budget was to executing an entire house and you know, whatever that looks like. And just like the fact that it was like the story of this house for you, probably I would assume have added some pressure. Like oh, for sure. A hundred percent. I think you nailed it. I, I wanted that project so badly. I wanted, I was like, I have to have this project. Like I have to do this project, but I also knew my worth, you know, because I, I started out not knowing it. And thankfully, you know, thanks to my mentor, um, I, she would always kind of reinforce that I'm worth spending money on that, you know, I'm worth like my services are worth it. Just like, you know, every one of us that does this, you know, there's people who appreciate it and there's people who don't and the people who appreciate it are your people and the people who don't appreciate it aren't your people. And you just have to kind of, you know, go towards the people who are willing to, you know, work with you. So the pressure was on for sure because whereas before I had that kind of casual, like, Oh, well, you know, it doesn't work out. doesn't work out, you know, but this one was like, no, when you I really want it. Yeah. yeah, I wanted it so badly. Um, but that being said, I, I felt like I priced uh, my design fees accordingly. Um, my mentor, Crispin, she she ran over the numbers with me and she she gave me some like wake up calls and she said, you know, you need to make this higher. How are you going to do this in this amount of time? Because kind of we went over things and uh, and she made me charge way more than I would have. And, uh, it ended up being approved. So, I mean, like, you know, my client, like he had a couple of follow-up questions, just asking me to kind of like enumerate a few things like, Oh, well, how, um, so will you be doing like, just to make sure that what he's paying for is it was what do you, expectations kind of thing. Exactly. And, and yeah. And he said, yeah, he, and he said, I have a really good feeling about this. Let's I do love it. when clients say that. Yeah. It just was like, and that to me was a part where I wanted to cry because to me, that was like, to me, like I was in the home and I was impressed and I was just beside myself. But it, to me, it wasn't my project until he said that. And that's when I was like, I think that's when I got emotional and I may have shed a few tears. And it was late at night when I, I opened the email because I, I was kind of like trying not to open it. I didn't want to be like super disappointed and ruin my whole day. So I was like, okay, I'm going to open it. And then, uh, and then he approved it and I was just, like oh my god I'm gonna get to work on this home oh my god yeah okay, so can you share with us how you approached pricing it then and and what what it was that you presented to him in order for him to approve and move forward sure I'm like, so, I would love specifics sure <laughs> no no sure so what I did was um I the best way I guess to explain it was that I like what I do for every client is I, I do a flat fee service. Um, and my previous uh, quotes were obviously way off because I had no idea how much time things were going to actually take. Yep. So by the time this one came around, I felt a bit more confident to put num like actual uh, estimates to, to things that we were going to do. And then of course I had my, uh, my, 
Crispin, I had her uh, kindly review my quote and give me pointers on what was kind of out there and what wasn't. And she, the one thing she said was, for, I think she said for sourcing, um, I think I had about 30, out, 30 hours at the end, but I started off with, I think, like 20. And she was like, you're going to need way more sourcing hours. Um, and then she kind of gave me her in, input on what I, that should be. So I, then I said, okay, you know what? She's right. So what I ended up doing was for every item that I had to source, I would, um, I would give that about a half an hour increment. So in half, so I would take every item and then half an hour, and then I would really look at how realistic that was and then increase it accordingly. So I can't exactly remember what the final number for that was, but I know okay. it was, it was definitely, I think I had like a, at least like 40 hours of sourcing that I, that I did for that project, um, or that I estimated that ended up actually being quite accurate at the end of the day. Um, and then of course for, for styling and staging for like installation, I, I, I put my number, I think it was like 10 hours and she's like, you're going to be there all week. Oh uh, yeah. I was, like, I was thinking oh, like, I can barely do three rooms <laughs> in 10 hours. Yeah. I'm shopping. So yeah. why did you land for that? So I think we landed at like, um, I think it ended up being like 40 to 50 hours. Amazing. Yeah. So it ended up being, I mean, towards the end of it, I feel like the, the numbers were really, really good. Um, and, and at the same time I was thinking, you know, if I can style this project well enough and, you know, go through all my source and my vendors and, and, you know, I sell as many things as I can through my suppliers, that'll of course be great for my bottom line. And, um, and that ended up being, um, I, I can't even like, I never would have imagined that it was going to be such an amazing profit of like, I was going to yeah. have such an off, like awesome and profitable project because I, I, I never kind of went into it thinking that I just was like, I want to price it what it's worth for my time, but I never realized how well it was going to be in regards to kind of all the furnishings that we, that we ended up um, purchasing. And how much was this? Like, what did he end up spending on furnishings? What was the budget? Um, so <laughs> there's a funny story about that, uh, okay. which is why what makes, this particular client, a dream client, and I hope I have a million more and I wish them for everybody. Well, you're good at manifesting your life, so <laughs> you should be good. So just think about that for three months. I know, I'll just keep thinking about this particular client and have them multiply. Um, so what ended up happening was that when I was doing the inventory, so what ended up happening was that he had furniture that he had uh, already, uh, you know, bought a long time ago. And he said, um, you know, I have a bunch of furniture. What should we do with it? And I said, well, I'm going to come over. I'm going to take inventory of what you have and see what we can what we can use in the new plan. Um, so I went over there and a lot of it, things were, you know, a, kind of a mixed bag of a bachelor's, you know, style, just things that you amass throughout your, you know, few years or whatever. And uh, and I, I didn't think we were gonna use a whole lot of it. And he asked me, he's like, so um, how much do you think that, you know, how much of a budget do we need for furniture? And I said, well, you know what? I never like to just, give a number off the top of my head because it could really vary. Uh, I'm like, you know, we could source a $500 rug or we could source a $5,000 rug. We could source a $300 piece of art. We could source a $2,000 piece of art. So I said, you know, it really ranges and, and we have a whole home to do. So I said, you know, I'm like, I think our starting point could be maybe 50,000. Uh, and he said, Oh, it's like, we can, we can go way over that. Well, and I feel like realistically, <laughs> I would have been like, how many rooms? How big is the house? So the home was about 4,300 square feet. That's right. Um, but the thing with the house was that there was, um, it didn't need a lot of furniture when you, like when it was all said and done, because there was 
the rooms were, um, there was a one great room that had only four walls, but it was serving three purposes, right? So then, so things like that, um, that it, and plus it was a really modern home. So this was not the yeah. home that I thought you want to do too much with. Um, yeah. So I was like, you know what, we, like, I'm like, our base starting point would be, I would say 50,000. And he's like, oh, he's like, we can go way over that. And, you uh, know, dream client for sure. Dream like, client. Holy, does he have brothers that live in Toronto? <laughs> I know, I know. And, and you know what, and the, so that just set the stage for me and, and for our relationship. And, uh, and he was just so laid back and easygoing and, and just, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome because I was like, okay, great. Cause to me, what that said to me, I could really do, uh, I could really do a, a, a great job with this home and not having to worry about, you know, cutting back, not giving this room as much attention that it would deserve. Um, so it was really wonderful kind of being able to work on a project like that, that you just know you can do what, you can really give it your all and not have to be like cutting back at the end of the day. Yeah. So um, how many vendors would you say did you end up sourcing the whole house from? Like, was it a lot or just, did you just really try to manage it by, because part of me would think that if I just minimize the amount of vendors, it's just going to make execution that much quicker and easier. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you approach that? That's a really good question, and I and I actually enumerated the number of, of vendors that I used because I thought maybe that would be kind of a good point of topic. Um, so, like you, I had thought, you know what, we should use fewer vendors if we can. But at the same time, I thought, what do I want? Do I want to make this easy for myself, or do I want to blow my client out of the water? And of course, add a project to my portfolio that I feel like will really set me. Um, set me not apart, but just kind of set the tone for what I can do. Because up until that point, I feel like um, my style was, you know, it was more feminine because I was kind of where my clients were coming from. And I felt like this was an opportunity to do something really different. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to make this easy for myself. I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it really damn good. So um, <laughs> the, the number of vendors that I used um, was about 35 different Ooh, vendors. Yeah. Yes. 35. And, um, and we sourced a few things from Wayfair. And as you know, Wayfair has different vendors. So that, yeah. I'm not even accounting for Wayfair as many different uh vendors i'm just counting for the number of different vendors that i specifically used so and um did you sorry what am i saying uh how many trade to the trade only type sources how many were retail like what percentage would you say was retail versus trade oh, okay uh retail versus trade oh you know what that's a really good question yeah um, just like you know if you had to guess or you if can... i had to guess you know what i actually have uh, my little spreadsheet here so i would say about 60% was to the trade Amazing. and uh, the other, I would say 40 was to, you know, just public, but because I would say the number is like the skew that way because we were doing linens, we were doing uh, dinnerware, we were doing serveware, we were doing Tupperware. I mean, we were doing everything. So yeah. all of those things are, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond, CB2, oh, you know, things like that. So I think that's kind of what skews the numbers towards that. Uh, otherwise I feel like it would have been way higher for the, to the trade only um, because I've definitely thankfully been taught to use as many to the trade only as you can. Absolutely. Better for us. Yeah. Okay. So more questions. So how did you approach? Okay. So let's quantify this less by square feet and how many rooms did you, did you do? So I did um, what all the rooms in the home 
let's see. So there was the main floor, which was encompassing the home office, um, yeah. living room. So I, I like to call the great room because it was living room and dining room. And some of the kitchen, although the home was already finished, we still furnished the kitchen a little bit with, you know, dining yeah. stools and, and things like that. And well, I would call that like at least three rooms anyway. Three rooms, right. Because, and I mean, the kitchen, we fully stocked the kitchen uh, yeah. with dishes okay. everything. So uh, yeah, we could probably call that a room. And then um, we, we did some touch, like, you know, decor for all the bathrooms, um, you know, floor mats. We did everything. Um, and then upstairs with a master bedroom, uh, master bath, kids room. So there was a boys room and a girls room and uh, a guest room that was in the basement. And we were going to do the great room in the basement as well. But, but um, that was ended up being next because it ended up serving a different purpose as per the client's needs. So we ended up just removing that entirely. Um, so that would be, I think both eight or nine rooms at this almost point. yeah okay yeah. so how did you approach that what was your strategy for you know what was the very first thing you did you did trade day cool what what when you sat down i'm just curious about people's um creative flow and and what people strategic strategically do to complete a room so how do you approach it so um after trade day um i had to put that one on the back burner for three weeks uh, because I was working on all sorts of different projects. Um, but uh, once I, once it circled down to, once it came down to me having to sit down and really get, you know, get this draw, that this uh, set of plans finished, um, it came down to, um, you know, I did the measurements or had the, had the measurements actually provided to me because it was a new home. It was a new yeah. build. So, so they had plans. So if the best advice, you know, that I can give somebody, if the home is new, just don't waste your time remeasuring get the plans from the client who's typically supply them, you know, from the builder and just use those. So what I did was I just, um, I believe I had those plans, uh, put into AutoCAD and then I, you know, I went from AutoCAD. Hey, here's my question to that before you move on. Sure. What do you mean you had them put into AutoCAD? What does that so, mean? So AutoCAD 2017 or later has this awesome capability that if your PDF, uh, if you are supplied with a PDF that's high quality or, comes straight from a native program, you know, like if it's really high quality and you know that it is because it takes a long time for it to load yeah. typically. Um, AutoCAD can uh, read that drawing and put it into CAD for you. So you can, yeah, yeah, it's a new feature. So it saves a lot of time to so anybody who's listening and has uh, like an updated version of AutoCAD. You can basically just uh, load your PDF into it and then it will trace it into AutoCAD for you. Wow. That's yeah. another freaking amazing. Yeah. Makes, okay. And you know what? And I wouldn't have known that, but I did because I was in a really heavy architectural side of life for 10 years where we yep. were on the forefront of technology for like, and we were developing things. So we were always kind of ahead of the curve when it came to AutoCAD and a lot of programs. So it kind of gave me a leg up. I think when I left uh, that kind of industry, because I was able to know kind of what programs will save me time versus that time. And that was definitely a time saver because I had that already, you know, transposed into my CAD. Uh, I did the planning for it. I would, you know, I, I would put furniture in and I would just kind of estimate how big things need to be, uh, do a very generic layout. And then I would, upon completion, move that into SketchUp uh, and then do a complete 3D of the entire house. I mean, and that, that in the, the complete 3d, because I mean, I did so much detail of like I detailed out the kitchen, everything. Like we had poles on the drawers, we have everything because I wanted my client when presentation came to really feel uh, what the space was going to look like. Um, and that probably took, I think it took like three or four days to do the 3d plan. Yeah. just to draw up the plan and then start styling it. That was another, I think 
two full weeks of sourcing and you know designing the actual space and do you then go okay i'm gonna start with the great room the living room and you just start when you're sourcing furniture do you do like you just look online for your vendors and then maybe do you ever go hit up showrooms in person like what's your approach on that front um it's mostly online um and the reason for that is because my i've because I've had no time really to, to do things properly, as I like to call them, even though things are done properly. Yeah. But I, I feel like I never got to have the full designer experience because one, I was always working. So I would always work during the day and then I would come home from work and I would work on my plans at night. Um, so at that point, I had no time to go visit showrooms. Everything's closed. Yeah. And kind of remote. Like, I mean, London is, has a lot of things to offer, but we're not in Toronto, which is really a, sometimes uh, a downside to things, right? Because a lot of these showrooms are in Toronto and the GTA, which, which, uh, you know, would take me sometimes all day. If I wanted to, you know, hit the three up, I would have to go early in the morning and <laughs> come home late at night. So I just did everything online. I just would source online. Um, and luckily with, uh, with Nouveau or Nuevo or however we're trying to figure out how to say <laughs> it, uh, they provide samples and that's really wonderful. So I was able to kind of, you know, work with my, my resource library that I have at home, uh, to make things, um, you know, finished up that my client could kind of visualize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So are you okay for time? Like, are, do you have like another 10 minutes? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Cause I don't want to stop talking to you. So that's the problem. <laughs> no, I, I have more questions. I just have so many more questions. Okay. So well, how long, uh, I know like however many hours, but did you did tell him, I assume six to eight weeks, I, I would assume. Yes. Yes. And, and, yeah, oh yeah. No, I told him, I said, this is a full home remodel. We're going to need a lot of time. And, uh, and he, I have to say, amazing like from start to finish just the most amazing client like i don't even know like that these people exist it's really like truly i i was just like how did i get so fortunate to have a client who a has the budget b you know has uh this gorgeous home that's just a wonderful backdrop to work on and three um just the just the most kindest trust. nicest the trust oh, yeah absolutely trust and just being so so like okay with the timing of everything you know we had delays and things like that and he was always like yeah no problem it's okay and I mean we kept we had to push back the install date a couple of times because we're waiting for quite a significant amount of things to come in and he was just like yeah I'm fine with waiting and I was mm -hmm. like how are you fine with waiting your home is barely empty you know, it's, I it's, know. I mean, it's, and, and he was just so okay with it and and that I think him being so wonderful and it made the project I feel that much better because we were, you know, you could give the project time that it needed. Uh, whereas sometimes if you have a client that's kind of high stress and you yeah. know, they're not really understanding, you're like, okay, well now we can't have these awesome chairs, for example, that we, that we should get because we, you know, we can't wait for them. So this was yeah. kind of one of those things that we could have done. How old was he and what was his occupation? Um, so he's a very private person, so I cannot exactly uh, elaborate uh, specifically what he does, but he is a business owner, a very successful one with that in London. Um, and uh, he is, I wouldn't even know how old he is, but he's, I would say maybe, maybe 40 to 45. Um, so very young, successful individual. Well, amen to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so next question. Purchasing all the yeah. things right so how i'm gearing up to do my very first proper installation day of furnishings my projects had always been kind of small and i just felt like my clients budgets wouldn't now it's like a non-negotiable i fully like won't mm -hmm. do it any other way mm -hmm. but um how did you approach like okay so for me where i'm kind of 
like unsure how to proceed is like, I have a sectional that's going to take 10 to 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Then I have other things that are going to be maybe two weeks and I want to order it all because I don't want to have any issues with like backordered items, but I also want to minimize the amount of time that this stuff's going to live in my, at my receiver's warehouse. So how did you approach that with this many varying items? Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I think a struggle that we all have, right? Because sometimes you're like, you don't want your, your, yeah, you don't want your clients things to be sitting there, having them pay for things like that, um, for such a long period of time. So what I did was, um, unfortunately I just, you know, we, we went over the, the, the approximate budget of how much storage fees would cost. And, and I said, you know, there's not really anything that's like, unfortunately, right. Like there, like for your couch situation, that's quite a long lead time. We didn't really have any of that. Um, so when, um, when we knew that we wanted to place the order, um, you know, I, I had the, I collect a full hundred percent. Uh, I don't have deposits or things like yeah, that. It same. just 100%. Yeah. Because, uh, it just, it was a lesson that I've, I've seen from others in the group that we, that we're in. And, uh, it was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I, I can't have any kind of, uh, liability for, for this t type of project because it ended up being, I mean, I think it was about, an 80 or $90,000 of, of furniture order. So I was like, yeah, there's no way this has to be prepaid. Um, so I just placed the orders at the same time. Everything went through pretty much within three days. I placed all my orders um, and then things just kind of trickled in. And um, I, I'd like to have a policy where we don't install until everything's in. Um, so that's kind of how we did it. Um, but of course I would always communicate with the client and I said, you know, if you're getting really frustrated with us, uh, we can definitely push things out sooner and deliver things, you know, later on as, as, as we need to, but he was really great. And he said, no, that's fine. I'm fine with one full push. Um, but that being said, we, we had some sofa discussions, right? Uh, so we, we, he was considering, you know, he wanted to make sure that things were going to be comfortable. So what I ended up doing was I ended up shipping the sofas that we chose direct to him, mm -hmm. right to his home. So I would be there to receive them and everything like that. Um, and that kind of, I felt was a good thing because he was able to test them out, have a really good feel for them. Made sure he liked them because we also had a return policy that we could kind of, you know, extend to him. Um, and then ended up being, it ended up being fine. So he had his, he had sofas actually for about three weeks or four weeks and nothing else. <laughs> okay. So in, in our case, it was a little bit different, but we, we did say, you know, like everything else is coming to a warehouse uh, with the exception of these sofas that we want you to test out now. And what were, uh, what, what uh, vendor was the sofa, were the sofas from? The sofas were from Article. So the oh, reason yeah. I, yeah, and, yeah, and we all know Article. And the reason I would, that I went with Article was because I was nervous to, to, to sell him a really expensive sofa at the time, or sofas, that I couldn't stand behind. And at that point, I hadn't really ordered sofas from anywhere, but, um, you know, places where anyone, anyone can order. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to talk to him about this. I said, you know, we could get something custom made. Uh, this and this and this, you're going to be waiting this long, or we can order something from here. How do you want to proceed? And he said, you know what? I like these sofas. I'd like to try them out. And then we just did it that way. Um, I wish that I could have maybe went through a, to the trade only, but I just was like, I feel like this will be a lot of headache. Uh, and as, and my client was wonderful. He was picky, but, and I mean that in the greatest way, like he, he wanted, he wanted things to be comfortable. And I knew that if I had, not gone maybe with somebody that we could have a really wonderful return policy with that it could have kind of soured the wonderful relationship that we had. So I, I think that was smart actually. Like, uh, I've had some sofa. Yes. 
and and you actually your issue inspired me to kind of just uh be really careful with it's scary yeah right because like and, and right because i I've, i was following that um that journey of yours that you had with the sofas and i was like yeah that's really really crappy thing to happen mm-hmm. um and like for you right like the clients ended up i'm hoping we're good with everything by the end but yeah it, yeah. it can sour a relationship that's great otherwise and i was really i just didn't i didn't want to risk it on this big project yeah smart um What I want to add to uh, this conversation is these issues happening is what really truly like has now made me realize like you're going to pay me what I'm worth because I just take on this liability and I can't afford to eat the cost of things that, you know, are not really my, like my issue. And I need to make money, you know, not feel bad about making money off my trade sources and, and, you know, have that cushion that protects me when I want to do the right thing or go, what I would probably say more is above and beyond and intervening if I take a couch back because realistically, you know, that's not necessarily something we should always have to do. But anyway, okay, I want to get back to another question. So what, what, what is your, how did you estimate the storage? Okay, first of all, how long does stuff stay in storage out of curiosity? Um, so it can really range uh, from anywhere from, I would say, three weeks to maybe five weeks. I feel like three to five weeks has been kind of an average for us. Um, just because sometimes you're, you're waiting on, like if you're waiting on rugs, right, you kind of can't do the room without your rugs. So, and rugs have a tendency to really delay things, especially from some of the places that I've ordered them from. Um, so I would say three to five weeks is an average of what, what we're storing. Okay. And would you say that's industry standard? Ooh, um, definitely a standard for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so not sure helps me. Yeah. And I'm not sure if others are, can kind of say the I'm same thing. I'm going to ask this question in a group. Yeah, for sure. I think that'd be great. Um, uh, because I'm sure there's like some sort of like, you know, you want to be, you're not wanting stuff to be stored for months on end, obviously. No, because it can irritate clients. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but I have had, I have actually repeat clients. My first clients and they're being my repeat clients um, who are wonderful and they have large budgets, um, but they too don't like paying for, you know, they see that, you know, paying for storage is just, it sucks. Nobody likes it. Um, and you know, if we can avoid it, we definitely endeavor, like make all you know efforts to do that. But yeah. And, and I, I had to have an honest discussion with them and say, you know, if this is the reality you're paying for their time to manage your order and receive it. And this, and this is somebody who has to be there for, for that particular thing. Do you want to be home receiving all of these things? You know, and then they start to see the value. They're like, okay, I don't want to be home, you know, receiving 30, 40 shipments. Um, and then they're fine. But it's sometimes they just have to understand like what it is that they're paying for. And I feel like, you know, once you realize what you're paying for, you do realize that it, that it does have a value, just like us, what we bring to the table, we're very valuable. Um, and also I find that if you educate them in regards to receiving it and what you're really getting is you're getting a peace of mind that somebody's going to be taking care of your furniture. Somebody's going to be storing it in a, in an air conditioned environment, you know, all these little things make them say, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. We, we do want that. And when do you start to have the conversations about that being part of how you work with clients? Um, I basically have that uh, before, I, during presentation. So when I have the presentation to, from my clients, when I'm going over the whole entire design with them, that's when I educate them about that. I don't do it sooner because I feel like um, I've learned through, again, having some wonderful salespeople as uh, as 
colleagues and friends that you don't want to create objections too early on in the game, right? So you kind of, you want them to sign on with you. You want them to, you know, have full trust and you want to blow them away with your design. Uh, and then you want to explain to them, okay, now this is what the next steps are. So after presentation is when I really educate them on the next steps. So I always say, I'm going to give you the next steps once we get to the step right before it. Um, otherwise, it just overwhelms them with information. Oh, my God. I try to give them everything, so I need to reel it in. Yeah. You know what? I was the same. Uh, and then you just learn. You're like, no, no, no. They're going to forget about this anyways, and they're going to just get overwhelmed. So you I just, know what I'm scared of? It's like I'm, it's like I'm, pre it's like I'm trying to manage so many expectations, so I'm scared that if I don't tell them this now, they're going to be pissed off at me later that I didn't tell it to them early. Right. And they might say, well, had I known this, I might not have decided to even do any of this, you know? Right, right. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that's a valid concern and I definitely have been there. But then I find that as I'm doing this a little bit longer, you kind of do get a little bit more confident and you, and you say to your, well, they're, they're already paying you. They like you enough to pay you and they trust you. So I like to think that they're going to be good with it because they're going to see how much sense it makes. And then, and the way I present it to them, I say, you know, this is how we do it. And this is why we do it this way. And, and again, I feel like when you explain to them what the value that that brings, you know, having a third party receive and, and store and this and that, um, they, they can't object to it because they see how much sense it makes. Right. Because then you're like, and I, and I always say to them, you know, the other option is you're going to be, have to be home and receive all of these things. Do you want to do that? Right. I mean, it's never happened that they were like, yeah, no, we want to do that. Um, it's always been like, yeah, that makes so much sense. We don't care. We're going to pay for those fees. Um, and what do you estimate for those fees? Like, I think you said it's a percentage of the total budget that you do or. Um, so it's, I have a, I have a sheet from my, uh, my storage uh, supplier. So the, the, the receiving agency that I use, they give me um, a per item, a cost for things. So I don't even sometimes do estimates or guesstimates. I will just present that sheet with all the pricing to my clients and then they can kind of see, okay, uh, $4 per item to receive, for example, this is how much this much space takes in a warehouse and this is how much it costs. And then they can kind of get an idea. And then if they ask me for, for a number, I say, you know what, for a project like this, I would say anywhere between you know, 15 to $2,000 for storage and whatever. And then I see delivery is going to be something else. Uh, and then they typically kind of have a pretty good idea. Um, mm -hmm. in, in this case, uh, we ended up, um, I think it ended up being about 20, maybe $2,200 for everything, including delivery. So it, it, that's not, know, much in the it's grand not much. It's not much. Yeah. And I think when a, a, a client, I, I find that clients look at things, relative to their budget and not so much as line items. That's what I've learned, I think, through my kind of experience is that, you know, clients isn't going to be upset about a $500 uh, delivery as long as it fits within their, you yeah. know, budget. So yeah. I find that if you can say, okay, well, look, you're under budget here. This is how much this costs. I feel like they're usually okay with it. Yeah. And okay. So with regards to collecting $100 of the fees for purchasing, when do you collect that and how do you collect that? So I collect it via check only. Um, and this is because I've had some very close people to me uh, and people that I've seen, you know, through our groups and things like that have things go awry. And of course, I know that the credit card chargebacks are a very real thing. So I have not had that happen to me, but I know people who it has happened to. So I have made a, a policy to check only full amount, no exceptions. There is, you know, if you don't want to do the full amount, then we're not going to proceed with the project. It's never come up. Like I've never had somebody say, okay, no, we're not doing it. Um, but that is my policy. And, um, it seems that it works so far. 
Okay, so if you're at the presentation, and I'm going to wrap up soon, I promise. Oh, yeah. at, the, at the presentation, and for him, for example, did he have any like like tweaks to any of the stuff you presented to him? I get this yes. probably did. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. I I always say in the in the outset to my clients, I always say, you know, there's going to be tweaks because there's no way that I'm going to have things perfect the way you want them unless you have so little investment into what the place is going to look like. You know, you just trust me and you do yeah. it. But the clients always have a few things. I have I have a particular clients that um, are wonderful, but they have many tweaks, and I know and I know going into new projects with them that that's just the reality of things. Um, with this particular project, uh, there was. I think two small tweaks to like, I think three pieces of furniture, which is like amazing when you think about the grand scheme of things. Um, so when I'm at the meeting, I, we go over everything, we go through all the budget and then I don't collect anything then because I want the client to feel really good about everything. So what I say is I'm gonna present you with our updates by next week or something like that. And then I'll, and then, and then everything else I do so we'll have a, a meeting, face-to-face uh, -face meeting, right, for the presentation. But then beyond that, what we're doing is we're doing things online. So I'll, I'll send them quick updates because I want to move the project along. So I always tell them the updates are going to be online because we're going to want swift decisions and we don't want to wait on these decisions because other things are going to go out of stock. <laughs> and that kind of gives them enough pressure that they're going to say, okay, yeah, let's keep this moving along. So um, with this particular project, that's what we did. And then once we had everything, you know, good to go, I met once more with the client and we collected the deposit or not the deposit, but we collected the full amount and then the orders were placed the following day. Mm -hmm. So, so that I would say between uh, the presentation and the order placement, I think we were up about maybe two weeks. Two Amazing. Weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Anna, like I have really enjoyed talking to you actually. Thank you. I Likewise. So why don't you then just share with everybody a little uh, where they can find you online, your social media channels, all that good stuff. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, you can find me on anacoleinteriors.com. So A-N-A-C-O-L-E interiors. Uh, my handle on Instagram is at Anna Cole Interiors, uh, and the, the, I believe it's the same thing for Facebook and Twitter. So that's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you so very much for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michelle. This was so much fun. And thank you for letting me kind of talk myself even through memory lane a little bit about this, this BISO project. What's awesome is now you're going to have it captured that you can always go back and listen to it. And yes. remember like 10 years from now, oh my gosh. you can like look back on it. I am so excited to do that. And I'm going to definitely share and tweet and, and, and all that good stuff about it too. Just, uh, just, yeah, it was, this was awesome. Thank you so much for having thank, me. Thank you. What a great freaking story that was. Am I right? So when I read that in the Facebook group, it was probably Veronica's group. I was just like, yes, this is a girl I need to talk to because she's speaking my language right now. And I'm totally into your thoughts become your reality. And that's so what happened with her. So one quick thing in the podcast, we talked and asked the question, what is the industry norm for how long things should stay in a warehouse? You know, like, and the question being like, do if you have a series of 30 things to order, one has a lead time of 12 weeks, one has a lead time of two, do you order the, the couch and then hope that you know, you can order the, and then just hold off on ordering the thing with the two weeks so that there's less time in the warehouse. So guys, I'm going to read to you. I took it to the Facebooks as we do, right? Always. And clearly I did not articulate myself very well because everyone kept wondering, thinking that I was, you know, wondering whether how long was acceptable on the receiver's end. And I, 
I'm fully aware that receivers want money, so they don't give a shit how long. But um, but here is what our friend and mentor Veronica had to say. She said, never wait to order anything you've shown a client. Backorder and discontinue are two reasons. Storage costs are so minimal compared to dealing with delays. So you know what? I'm going to listen to what Veronica has to say. So noted and I'm going to make sure that going forward that is what I do um and and I'm excited because I just deposited my first lump like massive check went to the bank deposited me a 30 grand check and I'm gonna start ordering on Monday morning so I'm pretty pumped about that anyways guys so if you hoped or sorry if you liked this episode I hope you will give me the old subscribe and leave a review you know the drill You're going to help me get to my trifecta goal, which is to talk to Amber of Amber Interiors, Shay McGee of McGee & Co. And by McGee & Co., I mean Studio McGee, both really, and uh, Jacqueline Clark of Larkin Linen. So you are going to help me get there because you're going to prove to these people that people listen and subscribe to me and that you want to uh, listen to hopefully their podcast. I don't even know if this is making any sense. But anyways, I would super appreciate it. Um, If you want to check out the show notes, go to businesshomies.com. If you want to follow along my journey, go to Facebook and search Business Homies for my closed Facebook group. And that's where I go live and chat about various shenanigans. 99.9% business related. Odd time I go rogue. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's all. Talk to you guys next week. Bye, homies. (laughs) 